0: I'm very thankful to the Gurdwara committee who've welcomed me today and welcomed the opportunity for us to sit and do vichar and do katha in English about some of the beautiful message of Guru Granth Sahib Ji. That alone is a big step, that alone is a very progressive step because I've been very blessed for a number of years to be invited to Gurdwaras and do some of the work that I've been doing. And still one of the interesting pieces of feedback that I get is people saying that prachar should only ever be done in Punjabi. And I find that a very interesting concept because if we look at just the basic fact that Guru Granth Sahib Ji itself isn't written in one language, Guru Granth Sahib Ji is written, written with one script called Gurmukhi, but it's written in many languages. We have Persian and Farsi and Old Hindi and Punjabi and many other languages in Guru Granth Sahib Ji. So when the Guru speaks many languages, why can't we do prachar? Of the Guru's wisdom in many languages. So I'm very thankful today for, to the Sangat and to the committee for inviting me. The last few days I was fortunate enough to spend in Bangkok to sit with the Sangat and understand some of the issues that they were facing. And one of the most interesting concerns of that Sangat are the same concerns that we see shared all over the world. And the concerns are that while so much of the Sangat around the world are dedicated to Gurbani, we still have people saying that I've been doing part for years, I've been doing Japji Sahib every morning, but I don't understand what it means. What is the very basis of the Sikh religion? Most people think that the Sikh religion is talking about God. But very rarely do we get the opportunity to ask the question, well, what is God? When we think about the word God, what is the image that comes in your mind? What does God look like to you? Most of the time, whether we admit it or not, the image of God that comes in our minds is of some sort of father figure, a masculine being, maybe with a white beard, sitting in the clouds. Is this the God that Guru Nanak Dev Ji is talking about? We talk about be a Sikh, dedicate your life to God, praise God, do ardas to God. You can come and ask God for any problems and God will help you. But now we're finding that the younger generation are very soon coming to the realization that they just don't know what this God is. I've now seen children as young as 13-year-old say that they are atheists. Sick children who say that they don't believe in God. And what is shocking about that is that by the age of 13 they've already decided that everything that we've been told about god is a lie it doesn't exist the only thing that exists is the real world that our friends are living in and what's so scary for a parent like myself of young children is you actually don't have much time we don't have much time to educate them about what gurmat is talking about before they get educated from the outside world. And the outside world convinces them that the religion that you've been following is all made up. That everything is just blind faith. Everything is just belief. And in fact, we also use those words. How many people would agree that the Sikh religion believes in one God. Even if you look up the definition of the word Sikhism, in the dictionary it says, Sikhism is a monotheistic religion that believes in one God. But I argue that Guru Nanak Dev Ji did not believe in God. Guru Nanak Dev Ji knew God. And there's a very big difference. And when we still just believe in God, but we don't practice what the Guru is saying to know God, then God always remains a concept. God always remains an idea. God always remains far away. And is this what the Guru wants? for us? Did Guru Nanak Dev Ji come to the world to say, you all have your own ideas of what you believe God is, I have my own idea of what I believe God is? Are we just talking about ideas? Or do we like to think that Guru Nanak Dev Ji really knew what this God was? And if Guru Nanak Dev Ji knew what this God was, then surely he wanted us to know what this God was as well. So how do we take a concept like God and make it real? At what point do we know God? At what point do we feel God? At what point can we see God? The first is to understand, well, let us just examine what this God is. Is it the same God that the culture of the world is talking about? That old man with the white beard, sitting in the clouds. Is that who we're talking about? When we look at Guru Granth Sahib Ji, it starts with a very clear definition of what God is. It starts with Ik But when we look at the translations of Ik kar, it says, there is one God. But the translation, there is one God, Doesn't even begin to describe what Guru Nanak Pacha meant by ik. Let's not even go into oankar, let's just look at ik. What is ik? And I want to make it very clear why these concepts need to be studied, need to be understood. Because we have very fortunately got a, got a world where today we can say proudly there are some thirty million Sikhs in the world. It's a big deal. It's a great achievement. Thirty million sikhs in the world. But do we define a sick by somebody who wears a kada, do we define a Sikh? By somebody who covers their hair, who grows their hair? The Sikh Raith Maryada tries to define a Sikh as someone who believes in the ten gurus and doesn't believe in any other religion. I would imagine that a Sikh is not somebody who just wears the kada and looks like a Sikh. A Sikh is somebody who thinks with the Guru's way of thinking. The whole world has a way of thinking, a mat, a soji, a wisdom. And that is the mat that they themselves come up with, or society's wisdom. But surely a Sikh is someone who when they bow down to the Guru they say I don't want my way of thinking I want to give up my way of thinking I want the blessing of your way of thinking so a Sikh is not defined by the external a Sikh is defined by the internal and if we're defining a Sikh by the ones who have the wisdom of the Guru now can we say we have 30 million Sikhs in the world Forget 30 million Sikhs in the world. Let us ask ourselves, am I myself a Sikh? Am I someone who looks the part, does all the Sikh things? I might even be an Amritari. I might even wake up early. I might even have all the right words to say. But have I allowed the Guru to transform my thinking? Has the Guru changed my eyes, so that the eyes that I look at the world with are the Guru's eyes. Because if the Guru has transformed our thinking, then the Guru will transform our experience of life. So regardless of what you believe, we should ask, am I having an experience of life that is fundamentally different to the people who aren't exposed to the Guru's wisdom? Or, is my life pretty much the same as everyone else? Do I go through the same emotional turmoil as everyone else? Let me ask a simpler question. Gurbani tells us to control our anger. Gurbani tells us to be detached from happiness and sadness. So when we wake up in the morning, can we honestly say, because of the Guru, I won't be feeling any sadness today. Because of the Guru, anger won't be attacking me today. Or, in reality, will we have to admit that I have no control over this anger. I have no control over my emotions. I am just... In the same emotional roller coaster as everyone else in the world. I'm very fortunate that with the ability to do parchar in English and having put that parchar online, a lot of Sangat from around the world message me, contact me share their ideas with me, share their problems with me. And I'd like to share one message that I recently received. I received a message from a young lady who said to me, I have a question about Sikhi and I have a question about God. She says, A very good friend of mine, an Amritari Gursik, recently committed suicide. She said, Why did that happen? Why did God let that happen? If we are truly students of the Guru, then the Guru should have transformed our experience of life by now. If we've allowed the Guru to transform our thinking. So, this message brought up two questions for me. One, why are we, if we are claiming to be Amritaris, still going through all of this emotional turmoil? Why hasn't being committed to the Guru, reading the Bani of the Guru every day, doing Kirtan of the Guru, surrounding ourselves with the Sangat of the Guru, why are we still going through such emotional turmoil, such sadness, such difficulties, so much conflict in life that some Amritaris unfortunately are in such a deep emotional state that they even give up their life. Why should that happen? Because we've defined an Amritari as a person who does all the Amritari things. They wake up, they do the Amritari prayers, they wear the Amritari clothes they look and they speak like an amritari they sound like an amritari but the amrit that the guru blessed you with that the amrit that they drank the shabad that was poured into those beautiful sweet tasting nectar the amrit that had the strength of the sword but the sweetness of honey that which we drank only went into our body, didn't go into our minds, didn't go into our hearts. The amrit is taken in. It should be taken in so that every cell in our body is replaced with amrit. And every thought in our mind is replaced with amrit. And if that isn't what is happening, even slowly, then are you really an amritari? Are you really an amritari? Guru defines what an amritari is. chima varse, Tara, man bichara. The mind has to drink the amrit. So, if we are to start on this journey, we cannot assume that what the Guru is saying, we understand. We have to really go deep into that understanding. And that understanding starts and ends with ik. I like to use the example that when I was young, I used to like going to the mathematics lessons because my teacher would give me a mathematics textbook and all the problems would be in there, all the questions would be in there, but when I looked at the back pages, the answer to all those questions were also there. But the teacher would never be happy if they asked me, how do you do this problem? How do you solve this problem? And I just look at the back and look at the answer. The teacher would always say, no, you have to show you're working out. You have to show that you've understood the answer. Guru Nanak Patshah does something very similar, but Guru Nanak Pasha starts with the answer. And the answer to every question in Gurmat always comes down to ik. The truth of the matter is, The whole of Gurmat wisdom has been summarized most beautifully and so intelligently into one single digit. The whole of Gurmat wisdom is there. The answer is ik. Then Guru Granth Sahib ji carries on to explain to our minds how do you get to this understanding? What does this mean? The Guru is helping us work this complex solution out. So, ik is a concept that we shouldn't skip over. Even in a lot of baniya, in a lot of hukam that we hear in the Gurdwara, it begins with ikunkar satgur prasad. Or even ikkunkar, satnam, kartapuruk, all the way to gur prasad. What that means is what Guruji is going to talk about is a katha of ik. But we usually skip past that ikunkar, satkuru prasad, the raga sa, tanasri, and we start reading the shabad, like that's just the title or the introduction. No, that is what the guru is doing katha on. That is what the guru is doing an explanation on on ik, oneness. So if you will allow me, I'd like to share some understanding that the Guru has shared with me on what ik means. Ik means that everything in the whole entire creation is one thing. You know, if we look at this Darbar, we may look around and we may see so many different faces. We may say there are A hundred women and a hundred men. But the the Gurmat wisdom would say that there aren't 200 people sitting here. It would say that there is only Ik here. And the Ik has many different forms. One Ik, oneness, that looks like many different things. that is for me how i've started to understand how i can start to think about ik on a day to day basis because i don't want gurmath to be conceptual at least in my life i would like to feel the ik to know the ik to be able to see the ik and guru helps us with that the guru actively encourages us to look at everything as not multiple different things, but in reality just one thing. So that means that the person sitting next to you is ik, is part of that ik. Let's call it God for now. The person sitting next to you is God, the person sitting in front of you is in God, the person sitting behind you is God, and the person sitting where you are sitting is also God. Everything is that oneness. And with this understanding, we, we start to realize that God is not Upparwala. How many times do you hear that phrase, Upparwala? We do das and we start looking to the sky. Why? Is God sitting in the clouds? Or is God everything all around us? It changes your thinking. Some of you might be uncomfortable with that thinking, saying, this is not the God that I've always been praying to. I'm praying to that God over there. My question to you is, are you willing to have your thinking changed? When you bow down to the Guru, you say, I'm willing to have my, my thinking changed. Not that I already know everything. I'm just here to confirm that what I know is accurate. Because sometimes, most of the time, whatever is being said, whatever is being taught, we don't actually listen to the Guru. We listen to the mind's interpretation of the Guru. And the mind says, yes, I know that already. I know that one already. That one sounds like it's probably not right. Let's let's reject that. Let's just agree with all the wisdom that we already know. Sometimes you might even think, why do all the Shabads sound the same? Why are they always saying the same thing? It's always talking about Paramatma, Sahib, Naam. The same concepts keep coming up all the time. The same concepts keep coming up because Guruji knows that our mind keeps rejecting this one fundamental concept. And Guruji is so... Loving, so nurturing that Guruji doesn't give up on us. Guru keeps explaining, keeps explaining. That no, you haven't quite understood it yet. Let me give you a different Shabbat, Let me give you a new example. So the oneness is the the thing that is everywhere. It is inside you. It is outside you. We even hear it in the Lama. Antar bahar, har prab ikko. Inside me and outside me is that wahigru, that oneness, that har, that prab, that ek Ik, ikko. It is inside me and it is outside me. In fact, it is everything. There is nothing outside of this oneness. So that makes this God in the sky disappear. Are you happy for that God in the sky to disappear? Because it challenges, well, who do I do Das to? Who can I ask for when I want to say, God, my business is not going well, or I need a new job, or I need to pass my exams? I can ask that God. But how do I ask the God that's sitting right here inside me but Guruji even challenges you doing the Ardas, asking for all these things. kisa kiche ardas. Who are you doing ardas to? The one that already knows what you're going to say before you say it? Before you've said it, it already knows. Why? Because it's already here. Before the thought has actually happened, it knows because it is the generator of that thought. That oneness is the one that put that thought inside you in the first place. That I want this or I want that. Who are you doing Adas to? Certainly not that God up there in the clouds. It really challenges our thinking. Can I have a God that is so close? If God is so close, then it knows all the bad thoughts that I'm thinking. I'm not comfortable with God being that close. I'm comfortable with God being a little bit far away that I can pretend like I'm a good person. I can pretend like I'm an Amritari. I can pretend like I'm a Gursik. Because we can look like a Gursik and everyone else can even give us a pat on the back. You know, some people, when they are living their old lifestyle, maybe cutting their hair, maybe drinking and smoking and all these sorts of things, when they stop doing all those things and maybe they start growing their hair, they make the mistake of saying, I used to be a Manmukh, now I'm a Gurmukh. Just by stopping and doing a few things, I've become a Gurmukh. But if you study Gurbani, and you study the words that the Guru has used, the praise of a Gurmukh, the praise of a Gursikh, you might say, I can never be that person. I'm not even worthy of calling myself a Sikh, let alone a Gursikh, because the Guru clarifies what the definition of a Sikh is. I'm not even a Sikh yet. So the external doesn't make me a Gurmukh, even though everybody around me might be patting me on the back and say, Chabash, you've become a Gurmukh. But the definition of a Gurmukh has to come from the Guru as well. So, are we really allowing the Sikh Mat to enter into our mind? And the Sikh Mat, the Guru's Mat, starts with Ik. And if we don't do any vichar on Ik, then everything else that you read in Guru Granth Sahib Ji will be talking about that God in the sky. That Upparwala. Not the one that is everywhere. So how does Gurbani explain to us that this God isn't far away? Sometimes you might have heard this analogy that Sikhi, or the journey of a Sik, is like a drop of water trying to return back to the ocean. Have you ever heard that analogy? Like the drop of water is far away from the ocean, and the drop of water has got lost, and it's trying to find its way back, and in the same way, we have also got lost, and we're also trying to find our way back to merge with the oneness. This analogy is actually incorrect because the drop of water if that represents us then gurbani says that the drop of water has never left the ocean you are in the ocean you have never been separate from the ocean you are in the ocean you just don't know you're in the ocean let's see if gurbani talks like this guru nanak dev ji has a shabad on ang number 878 and guruji says sagar meh boond Within the ocean are the drops. The ocean has all the drops and all the drops have the ocean inside them. Within you is the entire ocean of the oneness and you are in the ocean of the oneness. So how can we say that the drop of water is separate from the ocean? How can it be? Guruji is not using that analogy. Guruji is saying that the ocean has the drop and the drop has the ocean inside it. Guru Nanak Dev Ji explains this. In fact, all the gurus explain this. All the pagats explain this. There's a beautiful Shabad on Anga number 23, also by Guru Nanak Dev Ji. And Guruji says, Rangarata Mera Sahib Ravrahea Parpur. My Sahib is everywhere and in everything. Totally permeating and pervading in all. But if we don't understand that Guruji has been so kind, Guruji further explains this. Ape machi Machli, ape pani jal, ape jaal manakana, ape lal." Guruji uses an analogy because with analogies, Guruji creates an image in our mind. And it's easy to understand images in our mind. Even when we're children, we understand through colors and drawings and images. So Guruji uses that psychology. And Guruji says, I want you to paint a picture in your mind. Imagine that there is a fisherman standing on a boat. And the fisherman has thrown a big net and is trying to catch the fish. Guruji says the Gurmat way of looking at that is that Wahigru, that oneness, is the fisherman. Wahigru is the fish. Wahigru is the water. Wahigru is the net. Wahigru is the weights of the net weighing it down, and Wahigru is the bait that is used to catch the fish. Everything is Wahigru. Have we ever gone out? into nature sometimes you go out into nature and you look at a mountain and you look at lakes but the thought that comes in our mind is wow waheguru these lakes and these trees and this nature that you've made is beautiful because for us waheguru is far away and we say waheguru thank you for making this when do we ever say wow waheguru You are beautiful and I can see you in the mountain. I can see you in the river. I can see you in the birds. I can see you in the sky. I can see you in the clouds. I can see you in the water. I can see you in everyone. I can see you in me. Gurbani is using this kind of language. But because we've listened to these shabads and we say, yeah, that's talking about that. Why grew up in the clouds? Our mind stops us from taking in the Guru's wisdom. We never listen to the actual words of the Guru and this is not a blame. This is trying to understand how our minds work. I'm not blaming anyone. This is how my mind and your mind works. Our mind stops us from listening to the Guru. Our minds are interpreting the Guru and saying, I think that's what the Guru is saying. So you're not listening to the Guru's voice, you're listening to your inner voice. And your inner voice is misinterpreting. And at least if we know that, I don't even know how you begin to change that but at least if you know that you can be conscious of it and say, can I actually hear what the Guru is saying and can I change what my inner voice is saying? Am I willing to change my thinking or am I just willing to be a Sikh who comes in and mata takes and does ardaas to the Guru and says, Guruji. Thank you for giving me these things, but here's my new shopping list. You know, like you go shopping and you maybe write a list of all the things that your family says you want. You need some milk, you need some bread. Do we come to the Guru with a new shopping list and says, Guru, I got all the things last week. Here's my next list. You know what that sounds like? There's a story of a young Persian boy who gets locked in a cave and in the cave he finds lots of treasures and amongst those treasures he finds a lamp and he rubs the lamp and out comes a magic genie and the genie says, your wish is my command. Hukam karo. Whatever you say, I'll do it. Have we turned God into a genie who says, your wish is my command? You just say what you want and the God of the whole of the universe says, okay, you asked very nicely, I'll give it to you. Is Guru Granth Sahib Ji just a magic lamp that we bow down and then the God comes and we can ask whatever we want? What have we done to Yguru? Guru? What have we done to this ik? We've done what helps us selfishly. We've created an image of God that helps us selfishly because we can ask for selfish things. But Sikhi isn't the path of asking for things, Sikhi isn't the path of getting things. In order to understand the Guru's wisdom, you have to give. You have to give yourself. You have to give your mind. Tan man dhan. Give your mind, give your body, give everything that you have to the Guru and accept what the Guru is actually saying, not what you think the Guru is saying. Very difficult, right? All this time we think we're actually listening to the Guru, but maybe we haven't been. You have to be willing to change your thoughts and the Guru is saying that you are not separate from God. Let's take this water analogy further. The analogy of the drop. Guruji has already said you are the water, you are the fish. We are like the drop of water that's in the ocean. That means we are in God and God is in us. Bhagat Naam Dev Ji goes even further. Bhagat Ji says on Ang 485, Ek anek beapak purak jat tat soi. The oneness looks like many different things. It is one thing, but it has many different forms. In Japsa, we also see the same thing. Ek hai, anek hai, fir ek hai. It is looking like many, but it is really just one. Bhagatnam Devji also says the same thing. Ek anek purak." in the one and in the many, that same one being is in all of them. Jat dekon tata sohi. Wherever I look, I can see it. These are the words of the people who have understood this, they've practiced it, they've given up their thinking, they've lived it. They've been blessed with this new wisdom that they can look at the world and they say, I can see you, God. I can see the one God in all the different forms. Why can't we see it? Bhagat ji explains, Maya chitra bichitra bimohit birla bujhe koi. Because all of these things that we see, they all look different. They all have different colors, different shapes, different forms. And all of these differences is very captivating and very confusing. It's a very wonderful distraction in front of us. And because of that, we look at everything and we put labels. We put the labels man, woman. Old, young, friend, enemy. We do that, don't we? These are the people I like, those are the people I don't like. Why do we like someone? Because they make us feel good, because they say nice things about us. They increase our ego. Why do we not like someone? They say bad things to us, They, they hurt our ego. But the Guru is saying a different language. The Guru is saying nobody is my enemy. Nirver. I treat everyone the same. I see the oneness in all of them. Nako behri, nahi begana, sagal ko No one is an enemy. No one is a stranger. I've made friends with everyone. Why? Because I don't see everyone. I see the oneness behind everyone. So Pagat is saying that this differences that we see confuses us. But then in the Rahao line, Pagat really clarifies. Everything is God. Everything is God. There is nothing except God. This is from Gurbani. This is Gurmat. Why aren't we saying this is God, this is God, this is God, this is God, this is God? Me myself, I myself am also God and you are also God. Why aren't we saying that? Why are we saying this is my friend and this is my enemy? This is a Sikh and this is a Hindu and this is a Muslim. What is the wisdom that we have in our mind? Is it Gurmat? Is it the Guru's Mat? Pagajji takes this water analogy that we've been talking about. Jal Tarang fen. Nahi the waves of the water, you know, if you go to the, the beach, you see the ocean, you see the waves crashing. Bhagaji uses that analogy. The waves crashing, the white bubbles, and the water itself are not different from each other. They're all the same thing. That means that you and me are all part of the ocean. And our life is like a wave. How long does a wave last? Just a couple of seconds. Do you ever look at the wave and say, that wave is different to the ocean? No. We say they are the waves of the ocean. So why do we say that we are different from God? We are of God. The wave comes up, and imagine the wave says, Where's the ocean? We're born and we say, where's God? The wave doesn't understand that it is the ocean. The human doesn't understand that it is God. So, so many times again and again, Gurbani confirms this idea. And beautifully you can see that this same analogy of the waves, the water, the drops continues from the Pagats, from the Gurus. Even in Guru Gobind Singh Ji's Bani, the same analogy appears. In Akalustat, that we also see exactly the same analogy. Jaisé ek tarang upajata hai, paan ke tarang sabhe paan hi kahayenge. Like a river, Nadi. like a river has tarang, many waves, the waves of water are still called water. We don't call the waves something different. So how many gurus and how many puggets does it take until we actually bring that wisdom into our mind? And this is just an explanation today on the ik. We haven't even gone on to Onkar yet, let alone how to do satnam, let alone Kartapurk. How can we skip past such an important subject when the whole of Gurmat begins with ik? And we don't sit and we don't discuss what is this ik what are we bowing down to, what are we praying to? So we have to understand that you and me are part of this ick, that the God that we're praying to is right here, here, there, and everywhere. But what does that mean? What do we do with this wisdom? How does it change our life? The point of bringing examples About friends and enemies is because those are real things that we go through real experiences even if we bow down to the Guru and we say okay I accept accept everything is God can you accept that all the people that you don't like are God you say how can they be God there's a reason why I don't like them is because they did something horrible what about all the bad people? Are all the bad people God as well? Sabha Gobind hai, Gobind hai, bin That's a very difficult lesson to learn because we like to think that Mr. God, the one with the white beard in the clouds, he's only doing all the good stuff. He only does all the nice things. And that way of thinking allows us to have enemies. This way of thinking doesn't allow us to have enemies. And that's very difficult. You're not allowed to like someone and you're not allowed to dislike someone if you call yourself a Sikh of the Guru. You're not allowed to have enemies. You have to see everyone as the same thing. And that hurts our ego. We say, oh, I thought there was good people in the world, and I thought there were really bad people in the world. Yes, there are. But they're all part of the ick. And this answers a, a, an important question that we always hear. If there is a God, why does he let bad things happen? That kind of question is still talking about that kind of God, the God that's far away. If there is a God, why does he let bad things happen? But if we are still using this word God, we're still talking about this Mr. God character. We're still thinking about that. And as long as we're using the word God we're confusing ourselves. Because if you say, I believe in God, what you're really saying is, I believe in that guy. And then if I ask you, where is that God? You say, I don't know, he's far away, I've never seen him. So maybe, in order to understand this ik concept, maybe we need to drop the word God, because the God is that guy. Let's use simpler words that help us understand this complex message of Gurbani. If we say that what we're really talking about, this ik, this oneness, isn't about God, but is about life. Can we say that life is everywhere? You'll say, yeah, life is everywhere. Even if there's no one in the room, there's life in the room. Yes, life is everywhere. Life is out in space. Life is near. If I ask you, is life inside you? You'll say yes. Am I inside life? Yes. Is the life that's inside you the same as the life that's inside everyone else? You'll say yes. Let's use another word. Let's use the word universe. Is the universe everywhere? Yes. Is the universe right here? Yes. Are you in the universe? Yes. Is the universe inside you? Yes. Is the universe that is inside you the same as the universe that's inside you? Yes. You'll say, where is the universe? You'll say, it's right here. It's everywhere. But if I ask you, where is God? You say, is you, are you part of God? Is God inside you? You'll say, oh, I don't know i never really seen that God. You see, use of language changes. So the very first word that has been translated in all of our English translations of Guru Granth Sahib Ji, saying, Ik-Kunkar, is one God, that very first translation itself is wrong, then how are we going to understand the rest of Guru Granth Sahib Ji? And this is not any attack on the amazing Gursiks that have dedicated their lives to try and translate Guru Granth Sahib Ji. It's not an attack on them. Think what a great seva this is to have read the whole of Guru Granth Sahib Ji, to have spent so much time trying to process and think about it. So I always encourage people, if you don't understand Gurmukhi, if you don't understand the original words, use the translations. They're quite good. But... You can't get stuck with those translations because with translations you lose something. Gurbani is a unique language in its own right. So, this God that we're talking about has confused us. Gurbani is talking about Ik, hai. So, if we understand that Ik is really what we're talking about. It changes everything, it changes the way we look at the world, it changes the way we understand ourselves, and we start to lose a bit of ourself. We say, so what, I'm not me, am I not an individual, am I not unique? No you're not. That's called ha I am important, Gurbani says that's what you have to drop. If you want to know what this God is, get rid of the homer. If you're on a spiritual journey and somebody asks you, why are you a Sikh? You'll say, I am a Sikh. I am a yogi. I am a Hindu. I am a Muslim because I am trying to find God. Who's trying to find God? The homer is trying to find God. If I am is trying to find God, then I am will never find God. Because as long as you exist, God cannot exist. As long as you exist, God will never be a rea- reality for you. Is this Gurmat? Jab <inaudible> hum tab tu As long as I exist, I couldn't see you, I had no understanding of you. Abatuhi menahi. Now that I know what you are, I've disappeared. You have to disappear. If I am is looking for God, I am can't find God, I am has to disappear, and when you get rid of I am, all that is left is God. If I am is trying to find God, I am can't find God. I am has to just try to get rid of I am. The path of Gurmat is not for you to find God. The path of Gurmat is for you to delete yourself. To erase your understanding that I am here. And to take on the, the understanding that God is here and God is everywhere. And everywhere that I look, there is God. Who is looking then? God is looking at God. Who is doing Nithname in the morning? God is doing God's Nithname. Who is doing the Naam Simran? A lot of the time we think Naam Simran is I am calling God. We've made Naam Simran God calling. And with this understanding we misinterpret Gurbani. Because Gurbani does have this berag sort of barney where it sounds like it's calling god we have shabbats like this where it says oh my god come back to me i haven't seen you for a long time but that isn't the far away god that is the mind talking to the inner god come back i can't see you anymore because i For a moment, I may have seen you. For a moment, I may have understood that I am God. But as soon as I walked out of the the Darbar, the I am came back. So the question is, when you walk out of the Darbar today, who is going to be walking out? Are you going to be walking out? Or have you given yourself here? Have you cut the I am and said, I'm leaving the I am here? I am walked into the Darbar, but Ik is walking out of the Darbar. Because Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, if you want to walk on this path, you have to give something up. Don't come to the Guru with your shopping list and ask to take something away. You have to drop the head. And Guru Gobind Singh Ji also asked for a head. It's the same message. Every moment that you bow down, Drop the I am, leave the I am, drop it at the Guru's feet. Tan, man, dan, sab Give it all to the Guru so that the person who walks out of the darbar isn't the I am, the person who walks out of the darbar is ik. ik. Ik, ik, ik. Oneness everywhere. Then maybe the thought can exist in the brain that Gurmat is actually starting to filter in, then maybe the person walking out of the Darbar can say, I am a Sikh. Because the person who says, I am a Sikh, knows that I am not. I don't exist. That's why I know, I can say, that's why this mouth can say, I am a Sikh, because it isn't the Sikh, it isn't the individual, it isn't the ego that is talking. It is the wisdom of the Guru that is talking. Or, will you walk out of the Darbar today and will you look around and say, there's that person that I don't like. We have to take the wisdom of the Guru and actually understand what can we do with it. The Guru gives us very practical advice. Maybe... when you see a person who in the past you might have said I don't like maybe you may now take that person and say I'm not looking at my enemy I'm seeing my beloved what was Paikaneya doing? you all know the story he was healing the wounded Regardless of which side of the army they were in. And when they asked, why are you doing this? He says, I can only see you. I can't see who is a friend and who is an enemy. Gurmat, Paikaneyaji was blessed with this understanding. Will you drop your old understanding today? Because Sangatji, you don't know if you're going to be blessed with the opportunity to come back tomorrow. You don't know. If you have a tomorrow, so drop your I am today, now. It's not easy. If you're going to have a shopping list for the Guru, if you're going to ask the Guru for one thing, maybe that's the thing you should ask for. That Guruji, take this home away. Take my mind, take my selfishness, take my I am away so that I am can disappear. Rather than asking Guruji to give you something, ask Guruji to take something. So there is so much more vichar that we can sit and do on just ik, the first digit of Guru Granth Sahib Ji. Now we understand when Gurbani is saying that the Granth is an ocean of wisdom. This is a really an ocean. But you can't ever take the whole ocean home with you. You just have to drown into the ocean. You have to disappear in the ocean. So I hope that this has been beneficial. This is my first day in Malaysia. And if you would like to learn more of this kind of vichar... I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm saying this kind of vichar is useful. Maybe there are things that I haven't understood. That's what vichar means. We share, we talk, there will be opportunities. And the other talks that I will be doing over the next few days are advertised on the Nanaknam Facebook page. Please go have a look. See if this is something that sounds like it might be Gurmat, if it agrees with your mind. And then, also, there are hundreds of videos on the Nanak Nam YouTube channel. This started, the work that I'm doing started as a YouTube channel. Please have a look. I've been very fortunate that I've been blessed with the ability to translate the whole of Japji Sahib, to Katha of the entire Japji Sahib, through the angle of Ik. Maybe we need to learn A different way of understanding Japji Sahib, rather than just quickly trying to finish it every morning. So if this sounds like this is something that is useful to you, I encourage you, please go online, subscribe to the YouTube channels, the Facebook pages. You'll get notices when new videos come out, you'll get to see when other Kathas are happening. And even if you can't join us in person, hopefully we will try our best with the help of the Sevadas here to live stream them so even when you're sitting at home or in your offices, you can get some of this vichar that we're doing today. So I'm really thankful to yourself for allowing this kind of vichar to be done. I'm thankful to the Gurdwara for allowing English prachar to be done. Please do more prachar in more languages. Do prachar in the Malay language. Do prachar in Chinese. Do prachar in French, in Spanish understand the wisdom of the Guru so that we can help the whole world and show the whole world this really is the Jagat Guru, the, the Guru, the wisdom that helps everyone. If this was happening, there would be no wars, there would be no enemies because Gurbani really is the wisdom in this age of darkness. So please forgive me for my mistakes. I know I made mistakes. So, pulla kima? And I hope to join you again soon. Waigrujika ka khalsa, waigruji ki fateh.